Hey guys, today I just felt led to talk about having thorns in our flesh. You know, we can read about Paul's thorn in his flesh from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and and I'll uh, read some of that in just a moment, but, but I know that no one likes to live in pain. Paul sought the Lord three times to remove this source of pain from him. He probably had many good reasons why he should be pain-free. He could have a more effective ministry. He could reach more people with the gospel. He could glorify God even more. But the Lord was more concerned with building Paul's character and preventing pride. Instead of removing the problem, whatever it was, God gave Paul more overwhelming grace and more compensating strength. Paul learned that God's power is made perfect in weakness. I just want to say that the exact nature of Paul's thorn in the flesh is uncertain, or at least it is for me. There's probably a good reason that we don't know. God likely wanted Paul's difficulty to be described in general in general enough terms to apply to any difficulty we may be facing today. Whether the thorn we struggle with today is physical, emotional, or spiritual, we can know that God has a purpose and that his grace is all-sufficient. And trust me, guys, I'm reminding me or reminding myself of that daily. But guys, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9 say, And lest I should be exalted above the measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Guys, Satan saw the sphere of influence in Paul's ministry and saw that it was rising above that of anyone who had previously existed on the earth. Satan wanted to stop the spreading of the gospel. To accomplish this, he sent all types of persecution against Paul in an attempt to wear Paul down so he would give up the ministry God had called him to. God took the circumstances and pressures of Paul's life and used them to cause Paul's ministry to be exalted above anything Satan ever thought possible. Satan tried to stop Paul's ministry through pressure and trials, but that very tool caused Paul to rise up in greater power and strength because of his dependence upon the Lord. Our greatest advancements come during our greatest trials, guys. In the midst of pressure, we may be tempted to cry out, God, get me out of this, but God has given us the assurance of his word that his grace is sufficient for anything we may face in our lives, guys. 
I mean, we should not look for trouble, but the next time it rears its ugly head, just remember that it is written, and we can boldly declare that if God be for me, who can be against me? Guys, we are a part of the church, and Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Guys, boldly, boldly declare that. If God be for me, who can be against me? I am, we are a part of the church. And Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. It is not me, Satan. It is Jesus in me who has already defeated you. Guys, sometimes we just need to speak to those circumstances with the word, the power of the word of God. Amen. Guys, Satan sends circumstances against us to try to defeat us. But it is not the trial or the problem or the tribulation which makes us stronger. It is the faith we use in the midst of our circumstances that makes us stronger. It's kind of like weightlifting. The first week you begin lifting weights, every morning you wake up sore because you are putting pressure on muscles and using them more than you normally do, but eventually you become stronger and the pressure that once resulted in pain has worked to produce strength. The same principle is true in the kingdom of God. Guys, Jesus is still in the delivering business. Whether it is instant deliverance from sin, healing of our body, or standing with us in the midst of pressures and trials, guys, he is our deliverer. He is our deliverer. Glory to God. Glory to God. Guys, let's always trust in God's word and always remember it is written. And what is written? We can certainly speak God's word against the forces of darkness and every fiery trial that try to take us down. Guys, let's keep living by faith. Even when the world compels us to compare ourselves with other religions, philosophies, or political views, there is no higher standard in our life than God himself and his word. Jesus did not call himself a way or a truth. You never look for a truth to support the truth. Jesus is the only way and the only truth. Why would we need anything else? Guys, the Old Testament says many times of itself, thus says the Lord, as well as it is written. And the New Testament simultaneously declares it is written. The scriptures do not defend the fact they are written by God. God does not treat his word as theory. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the word treats God's authorship as fact in which it is fact and true. A more correct Greek way of saying it is written goes like this. It stands written. In the New Testament, the meaning of the word written found in the phrase it is written is in the perfect tense. The perfect tense means the action happened in the past with results that keep coming to the present every day, every day, every day. Nothing 
has changed, guys. God's word is powerful. Simply put, it stood written long before it was written. It was known by God from eternity past, and it only found its way onto parchment when the writers of the Bible transcribed what they heard from the Holy Spirit. The word of God is eternal. How can something that began in time be used to support something that is timeless? Guys, Jesus handled the Old Testament as a sword of truth in the four Gospels. Jesus wasn't walking around in his ministry with a little New Testament under his arm and hadn't even been written yet. His Bible was the law and the prophets, also known as the Old Testament. And he used the sword of truth in the four Gospels. I mean, if you do not believe one part, how can we believe any part? If we do not believe that what Jesus said about the Bible, then we wouldn't believe what Jesus said about himself. For, for he declares himself to be the revealed word of God and the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies written about himself as the only means of salvation for all mankind. And never, ever forget that God's word is the sword of the Spirit. When Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by Satan at each of three temptations of personal testing by Satan, Jesus responded to each with the word of God from the book of Deuteronomy saying, it is written. I just want to remind the body of Christ that the church is built on these scriptures. Christianity is not a religion, nor can it be compared to religions. Although religions can same, uh, contain some truths, they are not the truth. Every aspect of our faith in Christ and in God's word is truth, absolute, unchangeable truth. All religions will one day be removed from the earth at the second coming of Christ when he comes to rule. But the word of God will live and remain forever as it has existed forever. Guys, I'm, I'm going to try to stay strong in the Lord and, and, and in the power of his might. I feel like I have a thorn right now. I, I miss my Susie dearly. I, and I absolutely cannot wait until the trumpet sounds. Guys, do you feel broken in life? Do you feel broken? I, I feel... I feel kind of broken right now, guys. But, uh, you know, before I went to the post office, I, I worked in the steel shops for many years. And, and, and uh, I've told this story before, but I'd, I'd like to tell it one more time. In the old steel shops, you know, they had heavy machinery that would bend and break steel and, and shear it and cut it to size and... Anyway, one particular uh, piece of machinery in, in the old steel shop was was known as the break and shear. The, the shear would cut sheets of metal down to certain sizes and the break would bend those pieces or form those pieces into something maybe like legs or whatever. But, um, you know, we built heat exchangers and 
Some of them were big as houses. And, and sometimes on these offshore drilling rigs or oil and gas refineries, there would be lines and lines and lines of these air-cooled heat exchangers all standing on legs. Let me tell you about those legs, guys. They'd lay sheets of metal on a couple of pieces of wood and, and the guys would pick it up uh, and put it in the shear. They would cut it down to the specs and then the, the person running the brake would get that piece of metal. He would put it in the brake and, and this flat piece of metal, this huge piece of machinery would come down uh, and start bending this metal and and making a form and and it would bend two or three or four times. I don't know. Sometimes you know had more bends and sometimes they had less. But if they were making uh, legs, it'd be maybe three bends. But these sheets of metal, when they were laying on wood, you could walk across those and those things and just waddle, uh, rattle, shake, and and make all kinds of racket. But once those uh, sheets of metal were broken in the break, once they were formed in the break, they could hold several tons of superstructure on top of them, guys. It might be four legs or eight legs, depending on the size, but, but they were no longer making noise. They were strong and strengthened, strengthened. What I'm trying to say is, guys, this whole life can feel like a breaking shear, guys. We get put in the break. We get broken. We feel broken. But you know what? In the turmoil, in the breaking, in the heartbreak, in the cast down, in the trodden under, oh, God is forming us into more of the image of him, guys. More into the image of him. So if you're feeling broken today, just know you're being strengthened by God Almighty. <laughs> and we can be strong in our weakness because God is with us, Lord. God is with us, guys. God is with us. Guys, I, I think I'm going to have to shut smooth up now. I, I don't have Susie sitting by me to uh, knock my knee with her knee to tell me that it's time for me to shut smooth up, so I'm going to try to do that. <laughs> but guys, I I pray you guys have somehow found a blessing in this somewhere. i got to close. i got to close for now, but let's remain strong together. Let's remain Jesus strong. Let's, even though we feel broken, just know you've been strengthened and you can hold up whatever is placed on your shoulders, guys. Uh, you know what? Let's remain Jesus strong. Even through this break and shear of life, it's all going to be over soon, and we will finally be in eternity with the Most High God. And what a day of rejoicing that will be. And I cannot wait. Guys, I'll try to come on again soon. But I love you all. Susie loved you all. And, and, and I have major plans of giving out some major bear hugs to all of you when I see you in the air. 
Oh, glory, what a day of rejoicing that will be. You guys have a wonderful day and and remain Jesus strong. And I'll try to do the same. I love you guys. God bless each of you and Maranatha. We can talk a little bit about the gospel that's found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. Verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4 says, And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Amen. Guys, those are shouting words. Yes, they are. I'm just going to turn it over to Susie and let her present the ABCs of salvation. Hallelujah. And how many know that salvation is as easy as ABC? Yes, it is. The ABCs of salvation. A, admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. This is where the godly sorrow leads to genuine repentance for sinning against the righteous God. 
and there is a change of heart. We change our mind and God changes our hearts and regenerates us from the inside out. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins and was buried and that God raised Jesus from the dead. This is trusting with all your heart that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. Call upon the name of the Lord. In Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Every single person who has ever lived since Adam will bend their knee and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. If you want to become born again today, then say something like this, Lord, you said in your word that if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, that I would be saved. I confess now that Jesus is my Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. For it is with my heart I believe and am justified and it is with my mouth that I confess and am saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in you will never be put to shame. You said that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and cleansing me and forgiving all my sins, past, present, and future, and forgiving me eternal life. Amen. Amen. Thank you. If you have prayed this prayer, you are now a child of God. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Welcome to the family of God. Amen.